Hello and welcome. Welcome back to The Right Angle. We are happy that you're listening. We're happy that everyone is listening. Could be millions, could be hundreds. We choose not to, <laughs> to find out. But I think we're, we know the, the G-man's here. Mo's here. Mo's talking right here. And according to our high-tech electronics, CC is on, but we cannot confirm because we haven't heard his voice yet. CC, are you there? All right. Well, he... Oh, all right, so he bounced out, but we'll see if he bounces back. But in the meantime, the G-Man is going to bounce us off with his first topic of the evening. Random thoughts. I was listening to the radio. This was about a week ago, and our governor had a message for the people of Michigan, and she said, <clears throat> what we need are higher wages to boost businesses. And, and I'm thinking to myself, that is so typical of governmental people to think it's so easy for businesses to just raise wages to boost business. How do you raise your wages to boost business? I think all you need to do, you moron, is open them up instead of trying to lock them down like you've been doing for the last year and a half. That's, I mean, beyond the, well, I guess it's including the stupidity of, of basic economics. How, how is paying people more, like you said, going to improve your business? It might do something else. It'll give, well, it won't even give more people jobs. It'll give less people jobs because, if you pay people more, you're probably not going to hire as many people or you're not going to have as much business because you're making less money. So she's like wrong in every single way possible. That's correct. And the only reason she's wrong is because she knows absolutely <coughs> nothing about business. Nothing. Yeah, I, I can't recall right offhand her background beyond politics, but that's all it was. Yeah, uh, and being a very pampered girl uh, before that, but oops, I I meant person before that. Okay, but C anyway, Cece, are you there? Can you hear me now? Yes, sweet. <laughs> Verizon. I, I I'm on my I'm on my regular headset though. I'm not in front of my microphone. Oh, all right. That's we can fine. still hear you though. Is that going to work? Yep. Sound like you're in a trash can, but that's great. Oh, <laughs> uh, so did you hear the uh the kickoff topic? I did not. I just heard about somebody who's not doing a very good job in somebody's estimation. <laughs> Who could that possibly be? So the G man was saying that our uh, the esteemed governor of Michigan was saying how did she phrase that so poorly? She said that we need to get higher wages for people to boost businesses. And, and I, as, as I told Mo, I said, that's absolutely diametrically opposite of being a business person is higher wages. What she's doing is she's holding people back by allowing them to have these ridiculously high unemployment wages so that they won't go back to work. And now she's asking businesses to pay them more so that they will be enticed to go back to work. 
Just open the businesses. CC? <laughs> I would have never imagined in a hundred years that it could follow less economically sound principles than what so many democratic controlled states are following. Because according to the law of economics from my degree a number of years ago, none of what they're doing makes any sense to be able to hold an economy together. And it is more blatantly obvious every day to hopefully even the most unstudied economic person that their only agenda is eventual socialism, if not practically total communism. Amen. And it's, it's again, it's funny slash not funny how they magically think that, well, if we print money nowadays, that doesn't cause inflation. Or if we do this or do that, the laws of economics no longer apply for some mystical reason that is, of course, totally absurd and that they can get away with it. I just, I don't know if the less the left leaning news, which most of it is, of course, if they just ignore this kind of stuff or if they can find some economist who agrees with them, it would just seem like you would get your degree revoked if you did. So I don't understand it. Well, I, I think the understanding part is the fact that, I don't know, I would think maybe 80% of the people in politics were in politics for most of their lives and know nothing about business, which is why Trump was such an incredible president. He understood the American economy and how it worked because he helped that along even before he was president with all of his businesses and things. And that's exactly what we needed with somebody like him to come in and have some common sense with that. I'm sure one day it'll be appreciated, I hope. But when you think about the path of presidents over the last hundred years, and I haven't studied it thoroughly, but I know 100% for sure he's the only one who's never held any sort of office, any sort of governmental position. And people, I think, forget or they don't even want to stop to consider what just a total amazing thing happened when he got elected president. It's just, I mean, it's beyond unprecedented. It's just, you just can't, you couldn't even have imagined it before it happened because it just, it just never, never, ever happened. And that's, I'm sure that's 98% of the reason why the left was just totally furious and spent their life's blood and everything else trying to get rid of them because it proved that you don't have to be a lifetime politician to be super effective. Well, touche that. And getting back to the point of who on earth would say that that's anything close to economics. I think mm -hmm. if we've learned nothing else from this, uh, I don't even know what to call it. This, they call it the pandemic, but I'm not going to call it that, but I'll use their words. It's been proven because there's tens of thousands of doctors out there with amazing medical credentials that have 
proven so much of what the mainstream media says is wrong, whether it's about a cure or a mask or a prevention or whatever you want to look for. The bottom line is, unfortunately, regardless of people's credentials, money will buy you virtually anything when it comes to whatever opinion you need. Wow. Spot on. I think that is exactly what's going on with this whole employment and the whole, uh, you know, now they're testing more and more of these, uh, what's it called, the guaranteed minimum wage. There's all kinds of names they've come up with it. But essentially, that's what they've been doing with this unemployment. Yeah, They've just been doing it under a guise of a different name. And they've and now they've proven that people don't want to go to work for a certain price. And it's pretty sad, very sad, because it totally takes away the earth, the work ethic of, of many, many people because they just don't see the value in work anymore. So well spoken and so well thought out. I hope our listeners uh, take that to the bank, so to speak. Here's a totally random subject. And of course, as always, no rehearsal, no no one knows what anyone's going to bring up until they do. So for each one of you, what do you think in your personal experience is the best thing about technology and the worst thing about technology? The best thing about technology to me is, is that it's going to bankrupt the post office. <laughs> <laughs> because we've got email and we've got all this other stuff that we can bypass that with. And I'm hoping fairly soon we can get rid of that debacle. That's the best thing I think about technology. The worst thing is, is computers in themselves and and phones that take kids away from playing outside and doing things that are healthy. And, and even people in their cars using their phones. I, I, I was thinking to myself today, when I saw somebody looking at their phone as they were driving down a major road that I was going on, I thought, why don't they have as an accessory to cars, a lazy boy for when you're for the driving position, because then you can just kick back and you can watch your screen that has the, the little films on it there. And you can talk on the phone while you're driving. So you've never been in a Tesla yet then, is that what you're saying? Uh, I have not, but my, my eye doctor has one and said he drove all the way to Florida without, uh, without driving it and without the, touching the wheel. Yeah. Without touching. the Wow. Wheel. And you can dig my eyes out with a, with a spoon before I drive a car with a satellite driving it for me. It would take some getting used to. I've, I've seen the, uh, you know, YouTube and whatever videos and people just have a hard time psychologically letting go of the wheel and all that, but interesting. How about you, CC? the best and the worst? Well, I'm going to go for the best for me as a fun thing and has always kind of been a dream and a desire, and that is I'm hoping that on my 80th birthday party, I'm going to be able to have it in outer space. Ooh. So I think between SpaceX and Blue Origin that there's a high possibility that given the uh, right circumstances and uh, 
I continue to pick the right stocks and startup companies, I may be able to achieve that goal. And the best part about that is you don't need helium balloons because they'll float anyways. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. All right. How about the worst? The worst thing, I think I'll uh, uh, have a semi-echo of what the G-Man said, and that is I think we have a whole, uh, I don't even know what the right name for it is. I was going to say turbulent because of my flying past is my first so I guess I would call it severe turbulence, which uh, for anybody who is not versed in the, uh, the turbulence designations is, you know, light turbulence is you can actually still be up walking around and be okay. Moderate turbulence, uh, you know, you might start getting something drink, fall out of your uh, drink if it's on the tray table. Uh, if you're on an airline that even serves a drink anymore, which is harder <laughs> to find. <laughs> Um, and severe turbulence is where, uh, you know, if you're not in your seat, you will become airborne at some point. And, uh, the, uh, in that particular case, the pilots actually, uh, have a very, uh, difficult time keeping the aircraft under control. And in reality, in severe turbulence, they are, they are not keeping it under complete control. Hmm. Um, it's not going to necessarily fall out of the sky, but, um, because normally that severe turbulence doesn't happen unless you're up at a high altitude, generally above 30,000 feet. But if you were an uh, inexperienced or ignorant pilot and you flew through a thunderstorm at a lower altitude, it, it could also happen. And there, there have been a, uh, airplanes that have had those problems close to the ground on approach and bad things have happened. But anyways, I digress into the fact that when I talk about severe turbulence, I talk about, uh, I would really just say not only parents, but millennials and then maybe anywhere in between, they don't know how to handle technology. And specifically, I'm really talking about a telephone uh, because what the G-Man said, A, people are idiots and crazies in their cars and don't manage their technology properly. B... Uh, they let their children just totally randomly go on the internet and just there is so much garbage and dangerous stuff out there. And then not only that, but the younger children, they have too much time on their technology, whether it's a tablet or a video game or whatever it is. And as the G-Man also said, it's turning their minds into mush because they're not getting outside, getting the fresh air getting the exercise, getting the coordination, getting the social skills with their friends, uh, just almost too numerous to mention the benefits of, of getting outside and uh, socializing or even sometimes being in your, being by yourself and in the woods or going for a nice walk and collecting your thoughts, uh, fishing in a, your favorite stream, which... Uh, Bingo. Right, I think G-Man, aren't you a pretty good fisherman? Oh, I'm I'm an excellent trout fisherman. And and what would be one of your uh, favorite times and spots or semi locations? I know you don't want to give away the best one. I I, I know the Pentwater River in uh, Michigan back and forwards, and I I love to get in there because it's a quick quick run. But but you're talking about that. Uh, 
you know, the fishing part of it. And that's my therapy because I'm away from people and I don't hear the phone and I don't see other people. And it's a beautiful thing sometimes. Now, when you ever go out there, do you ever like not look at your phone for maybe a day at a time or more? Uh, I never, I don't take my phone with me when I go. <laughs> that's awesome. And that's part of the therapy. Yep. Excellent. Awesome. Well, how about you, Mo? What, uh, what's your observation? There? Well, the observation on the negative is exactly, you two guys nailed it. And I, I would totally hazard to guess that if you asked the general population for the worst thing, I think that that would be the majority. And it's funny that people will say that and then they'll say, will you stop bothering me? I got to get back on Twitter and do something. <laughs> and I guess what TikTok. I, yeah. Oh yeah. I, I posted a video on uh, YouTube and someone goes, man, that's super hilarious. You should be on TikTok." and no thanks. But anyways, what what I'm wondering about this whole negative thing is do you think there's a sliding scale like starting with someone who is, let's say, over 50 and then moving down where it gradually gets worse and worse and worse and worse down to even like sub 10 years old? Do you think it's do you think it's an age thing? Do you think it's a cultural thing? I mean, I know. 25 year olds who, well, I don't know, maybe I don't know any 25 year olds who are like disconnected or really managing things well, but it just seems to me that it is sort of a sliding scale that the younger you get, the more entrenched you are. And it's not, not that you can really fault them because that's all they know. I mean, I don't know what, what's the age that you would have never known life without the internet, for instance, probably 20 years old, early 20s? Probably around that time. Uh, it is a sliding scale and it is cultural. And it, it goes down. The, the younger the kids, the more they're in tune to their, their apparatus, their mm -hmm. phone, whatever. And they, they like, like Cece was saying, there's so many things on there that entice kids and they go from one thing to another to another. And I have, I have friends that have kids that, that are just glued to their phones. And it's really a sad. Do you ever see kids outside playing baseball or football anymore or basketball even? Rarely do you ever see that. You know, it, well, we've been uh, walking a lot in the evening lately uh, before sunset and now, granted, it is a little uh, hot and humid down this way this time of year, but we have not seen one family, nor child, nor group of individuals in their yard playing or doing anything, whether it's frisbee, football, baseball, t-ball, not even uh, well, croquet. The grass is too thick down here. It's pretty hard to play that. But uh, what's that other new fancy thing they got? Uh, lacrosse, you know, that's it, uh, becoming a big hit in some areas. Or, uh, I mean, uh, badminton, you could put just anything. It's just, it. I mean, it's, it's kind of astounding. I must say, um, and I don't know, I'm sure it's not totally unique to our neighborhood. We've, we're kind of having a turnover of families. And 
they're, I mean, every time I hear the kids outside playing and just yelling and screaming and having fun, I just smile. But we have a, a pretty good contingent of kids jumping on the trampolines or going over to the friend's house and doing this. So I, by and large, know what you guys are saying, and it might just be an anomaly. But, um, yeah, we have a, a pretty healthy so to speak, collection of kids that actually do play outside. And and we have a, a sort of a community park with a basketball court in our booming downtown metropolis. And frequently there are pickup games with even people waiting to get in, like when I'm driving home from work and pass it. So Would you uh, classify yourself, Mo, as more small-town America? Definitely. So the heartbeat's still alive there. That's right. Say hey, John before... Cougar. <laughs> no no pink Mel... houses. Yeah, no melon camp, just John Cougar. Yeah. G Man might want to hum us a couple of bars. <laughs> yeah. Let yeah, me get my want... guitar. Yeah. So, and, and very quickly, even though it's sort of the two sides of the same coin, I would say the best part is the fact that not only the three of us can communicate in real time, but you can just literally talk to people around the world. You know, you can see them either on FaceTime or Teams or Skype or whatever. And that's, that is pretty incredible. It just definitely makes the world more of a community, which I think is mostly good because you can see what other people do, what they go through, what their, a little bit of what their culture is. Um, as long as it doesn't get to the one world order and, Everyone thinks they've got to assimilate with everyone else, and that's when it gets crazy. But definitely being able to talk to people and really get to know them, even though they're five, ten thousand miles away, is pretty amazing. Absolutely. Hey, before we run out of time, I do want to. I, I I did actually think of one more. Oh, good. No, we got we got we got probably eight minutes before our thirty minutes is. Oh, okay, good because we got to start a little late. Yeah. The one, uh, a definite downside that uh, I, I am genuinely concerned about is the whole uh, AI, artificial intelligence, mm. and the nanotechnology possibilities that, that go with that and the people that are studying that. Because even though, yes, there could definitely be some uh, positive uses Unfortunately, no, there's a lot of uh, unseemly people out there still uh, more than we would like. And uh, I think I think that's going to be a, a big, very big concern and something up for discussion politically even. And if our political, going back to the economic side of things, keeps going the way some people want it to go, then that's going to be a huge, huge danger for all of society. So what, what would be one specific example, whether it's happening now or hypothetically could? Well, I've even, I, uh, if anybody saw the movie Minority Report with Tom Cruise. Right. Actual predictions of people's behaviors and supposedly <clears throat> they're linking up to people's, uh, you know, brains and, they're mapping the way they think and then they give them some kind of stimulus that gets them angry or upset. And so they're recording all that stuff. And then, you know, 
it's they they say it's machine learning and, and artificial intelligence but you know everything is still always a computer you know um so it's uh you know they they could just and in the end obviously we know any any computer hacker could get a hold of anything and change whatever they want just like some of the other whether it's the superhero movies or whatever you know it takes one bug or one virus which would cause it to be all invalidated if they were able to do that enough times because then people are gonna like the news gonna say i don't believe anything anymore because they can do that kind of stuff and they're more than welcome to get inside my brain if they're if they dare to <laughs> are you gonna give them a piece of your mind Is that what oh, you're saying? <laughs> bring it on <laughs> it is interesting i i they must have passed a law i don't know how long ago where when you're on your phone or your ipad or whatever you get that notification of allowing or not allowing to be tracked or i don't exactly know if it's literally tracked like location or tracking keystrokes or swipes or exactly what and and i don't of course i always hit don't allow but I don't know if that's just a panacea and it's really not doing anything. Um, but yeah, I mean, knowledge is power and information is what makes Google run and Facebook run and everything else. It's quote free, but you just become a commodity because you're selling your information and you get targeted ads. And Well, we already know that the government specifically the NSA because it was revealed on a TV show a couple of nights ago yep. that they are tracking that that broadcaster's emails and you know they're not going to give them a reason why because they can't give them a reason why <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you know so i mean it's just it's it's such a slippery slope and uh we're just uh, we're just still hoping for the uh, September miracle. That's the, <laughs> no, it's going to be the Fourth of July. That's the most recent intelligence I have. Uh, no, mine's the Fourth of July. <laughs> two days, three yeah, days, two days. Why does two it days. have to be more than three days? It's about seven months too long already. So <laughs> I think they just needed to get that long to see that. I think they're. It's just taken a little longer to get them to an assisted living place. There, I think they're all full, and they're waiting for an opening to, well, thought, to get them in I thought, there. I thought COVID wiped them all out. Uh, I, there's some that I wish that it had, but uh, um, anyway. So in, in closing, and maybe we can make this relatively quick, or we'll just go a little long and trim if needed, but do you think if if what – some people would call conspiracy theories or wacky things about Trump coming back or the election being stolen. God forbid that it was. Do you think the reason that even conservative commentators like Ben Shapiro and Stephen Crowder to some extent and Dave Rubin and the list goes on, I mean, even Sean Hannity and stuff, do you think they know something that they don't dare say, or do you really think that they don't believe that the election was rigged or, or can they literally not say it? Everyone knows, everyone knows, including the left, that the election was rigged. 
a three-time loser that has dementia running the most powerful country on earth is ridiculous. He won by 80 million votes. That's who voted for him. And he's coming back before the next election. I don't think they can say because you never tip your hand, even if you do know. So if they do know, they're not going to say because you don't do it until you do it. And, Bingo. Uh, it, it, it wouldn't do it. It wouldn't do any good yet. That's true. Very astute. You heard it here first. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. It's been an awesome show. I know I've learned probably more tonight than I have for sure in high school and probably most of college, but that's another topic I'm going to seriously bring up uh, next time. So remind me about that. Or if you listen to CNN for 10 years straight. (laughs) I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. Yeah, that's what oh. they play in the Russian prison camps to to uh, torture people. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you've got your choice: waterboard or twenty minutes of Jake Tapper. Uh, I'll take the waterboard. <laughs> oh, and then more? if you go into overtime, you have to listen to Chris Como. Oh, whoa! <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> Oh, excellent. Well, I was going to ask if there's any last pearls of wisdom, but I think they just dribbled out of your lips. That's it. All right. We'll see everyone next time on The Right Angle. Take care, everyone.